The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. This podcast is produced with Caller Interaction. Follow Dr. Mona Lisa on Facebook and Instagram to be a part of the next podcast taping. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. How is everybody doing? Somebody's waving from the background. Today is a different kind of show. He's still waving from the background. That one's a hilarious one. Have him come over here. I'll fix him. (laughs) Have him move in. That one over there, I'll fix him. (laughs) See, they think they're funny. They think that I'm just this elderly person that's not cool. They don't get it. I was going to go outside today and make a snowman, snow person, whatever. There's a fluid gender, gender fluidity in the snow population. However, we're going to get another snow storm. And I figure, you know, then my snowman person will be subterranean. So I'm going to wait. Plus, I need to get a carrot for the snow, uh, for the nose. So we'll deal with that. Hi, I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. This is Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa podcast on mindbodyspirit.fm network. My name is Dr. Mona Lisa. And today's show is about, I'm okay, but you're not. How to be intuitive and helpful, have healthy self-esteem without being narcissistic. Now, that is a big mouthful. In today's world, everybody's saying, listen, I am an empath. I am an empath. Meaning, you're intuitive, you pick up other people's feelings, and oh my God, I'm overwhelmed. That may be. However, it means something's wrong with you. Something's different about you. And though you think that other people should be more sensitive, it's from a quirk of fate that you are as hypersensitive as you are. The esteemed Barbara Streisand in the very deep and philosophical movie, What's Up Doc, said to Ryan O'Neill, I know I'm different. I know I'm different, but from now on, I'm going to try to be the same. And he went, what? You know, the same as someone who's not different. When I was in the first grade, Mrs. Best, that was her name, honest to God, Mrs. Best, said, okay, we're going to divide up the people in the reading group. Incidentally, I don't read right. I read very early. And then I went, you know what? I don't really like this. So I stopped really reading. I looked at the pictures and just intuited what it said. And so um, Mrs. Best said, we're going to divide people up. This is the mockingbirds. These are the cardinals. and these." Uh, the blood, the bluebird group. And without raising my hand, which is considered appropriate, I shouted out, which is almost diagnostic, can't fool me. I know the bluebird group is for the dummies, <laughs> which was, of course, what I was going to be in. And then I was kept in for recess. Well, little did I know that was the beginning of a um history of blurting out what was going on in someone else's mind. And Mrs. Best didn't like it. 
because also, you know, it's not helpful. You're supposed to be developing a frontal lobe, a curb that allows people to have their own suffering. It didn't matter that Mary and Michael in that class who followed us all the way to high school, they ate paste crayons. I still remember that. Maybe it was the crayons and the paste, but they were in the blue bird group with me. But luckily I prayed to God to make me smart or maybe it was intuitive and I got epilepsy. I have no idea, but I just kind of figured it out. And they, unfortunately, as sweet as they were, weren't um, very academic. In the second grade, again, I got bad conduct grades. They were Fs. I found this out later. I was horrified because at home, if you didn't act correctly, well, The discipline was immediate and perfunctory. But in school, they would put me in the first the first seat. And the conduct grade was Mona Lisa finishes her work quickly and sloppy and is overly interested in the problems with the people in the back of the room. Thus, I'm okay, but you're not okay. You think I'd be dealing with people who are all set in the back of the room? You're all set. So let me, uh, what's going on with you? Because you're upset, all upset. No, you want to deal with the people who are not all set. Excuse me, you seem to be in pain. Can I help? You don't have lunch? Let me give you some of mine. No, not the yodel. I traded that, my chocolate cake with Larry Tate for the yodel. You can have some of the homemade cookies. And that's where you learned it. But you learned it either you were born that way or there were things going on in your family. Loud noises, loud emotions, slamming of doors. The usual soft, soothing tones. Rock-a-bye, baby, on the treetop. Where people took the emotions in the right brain, bring them to the left, name them. It's as if nothing matters. Nope. They impinged on your brain, increased epinephrine, cortisol. And the boundaries between your feelings, your pathways for emotion, got leaky. Similarly, the amygdala got more active. That's for anxiety and irritability. In the hippocampus, for naming an emotion and tossing it back, got less active. So let's just say you got porous or sensitive and you became an early onset social worker in the family milieu. You're not okay? Are you okay? You're not okay. Can I do something for you? You're not feeling well. Can I make you something? Or I know things aren't going well. Don't tell me otherwise. You were told you were too sensitive. Or when someone got angry, you got eczema. When somebody was arguing, you got a middle ear infection. You got a stomach ache. Something happened where something reacted inside of you. And it was uncomfortable enough that you try to preempt the difficulty around you. So you might say you're empathic, but you try to preempt the disturbance. So you would be less uncomfortable. It's great. It's called avoidance. When we get anxious, we try to avoid or preempt what's disturbing. So your brain starts to wire around that. And so you get a genius over here for picking up disturbing emotions, a savant ability. But somewhere else, it doesn't work as well. Could be attention. Paying attention, you might find that you were more distractible. Could be because it's harder. It's all, The people around you are anxious, irritable, moody. It's hard for you to focus on what's going on in front of you. So it may be hard for you to remember what you read. It may be hard for you to remember calculations in the air. So you may have been told you had working memory. And as a result, you just said, oh, you know, that the stuff doesn't matter anyway. And then it'd be easier for you to focus on other people's problems in your own progression 
and you just opted out of it. For other people, it was easy for them to focus on their long-term development. And you got distracted by family, problems, and so on. And you wonder why you're less driven. So you become a mother or a father or a social worker. And then you try to go back and you can't because now your brain is dripped, dipped, refried in stress hormones, like a refried bean. I never understood the concept of frying something and then refrying it again. It's trauma and then traumatizing it again. Frying it with cortisol, norepinephrine, and then refrying it again. So you leave raising children or raising a partner, and then you go back into the workforce and you can't pay attention because attentional circuits with the hippocampus the amygdala don't work. And when you go into a work environment, you can't pay attention. And you say, because I'm picking up everybody's feelings and I'm an empath, when really your brain has been changed. Your brain is a savant, exquisitely shaped for certain things and not others. Parts of your right brain are hyperdeveloped, attuned for other people's emotions, but not your own, in the sense that you can't pick up a feeling if it first resides in your body. You can't name its first presence in your skin, your joints, your bone, till of course it starts to develop a viral problem or an autoimmune problem. And then the cow's out of the barn. Because emotions occur simultaneously in the brain and the body. So then you find out something's different about you. Maybe you don't write as well, read as well, calculate as well. For me, the area of my left brain, all the intelligence went to my right. So I don't read really well. So I'm training myself to read. And we use the part of the brain that we have to compensate. So me, I read with shapes. You'll, you'll figure out how to jerry-rig your life by what really is developed in you. And I'm going to help you do that today by you giving me examples. Because everybody's differently, different. For me, I read shapes. So I read the shape of the word, like school, S-C-H-O-O-L. I don't look at each, I don't spell it out. I just look at the shape. Shape's the right brain. So I've taken these reading classes. I can't do it. I can't do it. They'll say a word and I can't feel it. They'll repeat it to me and I can't feel it. They'll repeat several words. I can't hear it. I can't hear them. They check my hearing and it's deaf. It's like, I'm, I'm not deaf. I can hear, I'm not deaf, but I can't hear the words. I can't discriminate. I have trouble with auditory attention. Well, that would make sense because I can hear other people's thoughts, but not my own. I can hear other people's thoughts, but not words. I can hear feelings, but not words. Got it? It's That area has been taken up by intuition, but not language. Got it? So as I'm sitting there trying to do this because I'm really mad, I want to do this. I'm not stupid. I'm in the Bluebird group. So all of you empaths here, you have a hyperdeveloped area in your right brain called the supramarginal gyrus. It's mirror neurons. You can feel what's going on in somebody else. That's why when they're unhappy, you can't be happy. Because that's why that crap psychology, they're a mirror for me. No, they're not a mirror for you. You were happy. If they were a mirror for you, they'd be happy too. You wouldn't be feeling their unhappiness. If they were a mirror for you, they'd look happy. They'd sound happy. Do you get it? If they're a mirror for you, you'd be narcissistic. Everyone would be happy. <laughs> you get it? Your feelings would be reflect, reflect, reflected on somebody else's, but they're not. So stop it. Enough with the mirror. 
Like I never could understand that. I'm like, you know what? People's going to take physics over there because they don't get the concept, but that's okay. That's okay. We'll let it go. And I'll bring it up in group. Suffice it to say, the area of the supermarginal gyrus, the mirror neuron, is it's as if you go to the other side of the mirror, like my cat does. She's looking and she's going, hmm, there's another cat over there, just like me. Well, they got one hell of a nerve coming in this house. We can't have two cats looking like me. We can only have one. <laughs> Starts banging her head against the mirror. You see that person and you see their feelings and you can identify of how you would feel if you were like them. And then you try to do something about it. They call it mirror neurons and God knows I don't know what, but what it is is you are putting yourself in someone else's shoes. That's all. The mirror thing, forget the mirror thing, it doesn't make sense. The point of the matter is because the mirror is a reflection. There are two types of people who don't do the mirror neuron thing very well, the right hemisphere. They have right hemisphere problems. One of them are narcissists. They're a narcissist. And we know you're not because you're a right brain on a stick. Narcissists have problems with right brain divided emotional attention. They can't pay attention to your feelings and theirs at the same time. Theirs have to come first. Have you ever heard them say, me first, I have to talk first. My needs first, me, 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 me. I'm so sexy myself. My, it's I, 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 I. The pronoun, just look at the ratio of the pronoun. I, 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 I. And the people who are married to, they lose the I right away. They say, I say, how you doing? We're fine. <laughs> because they lose the I. They go over and they live on the other side because the only way to stay in a relationship with someone who's that way is to become we. They get stuck in the mirror. They get focused on that person's image because they have to, because there's only room for one person in the house. I know the person who evaluated for me for dyslexia when I was failing at Brown, very upsetting. She was so brilliant. She was a speech and language pathologist. I said, you know, Mary, not your real name. Oh, I just feel dizzy in my head. Oh. Mary, not your real name. Um, you should have gone and gotten your doctorate. I couldn't. I said, why? She said, my husband's a doctorate. I said, and? She said, he, when he got his doctorate, he said, I couldn't because there was room for one doctor in the house and he had gotten it. Now, don't hiss. Enough with the hissing, because we know people don't say it, but we know it's very common. Because if you put off your oh, my head, if you put off, someone's got a problem in here about something, because I'm getting a headache. And I didn't have a headache before this. So this is a perfect example. I was okay until I got on here. So someone's going to stop it. <laughs> because it will be slapping. I was really fine and I ate something. So my blood sugar was up. So I want you to know I'm annoyed. <laughs> oh, and it's unilateral. God, is that a pain in the neck? Oh, it's not my neck either. My neck's fine. Let me take an inventory. Nope, the neck is fine. Right here. <laughs> anyway, that happens all the time. So some one of the partners doesn't finish their education. Then they raise the kids and then the assets go to putting the kids through college. And then I say, why don't you go to school? Oh, well, I can't. We don't have enough money. Really? Really? Are you in the Bluebird group? Well, I, uh, <clears throat> we don't have enough money. We have to put the money the kids through college. Really? Suppose you put two out of the three. Do you tell the third kid, well, you know what? We don't have enough money for you. Well, that wouldn't be fair. Right. So your family... It functions to support the growth of your partner, your kids, but you can go in the backyard and um, eat the grass, <laughs> your cattle. My point is, is that narcissists have trouble for divided emotional attention. 
they have trouble balancing awareness of their feelings and someone else's. And so when you look at what happens in the brain, and I drew this, you don't have a problem with that setup. You get opiates. Your attentional focus gets used to focusing on them. You do, because your brain was developed that way. When they get angry, you get anxious. Your whole circadian rhythm gets developed around their life. When they get up, you get up, because they're not okay. If they're hungry, you're not okay. If they're bored, you're not okay. You get anxious, and so your activity gets around them. You get trained that way. And then, of course, it starts to wear you out. Your interior cingulate gets well these excitatory toxins. I could show it to you. If you went to my seven-day class, I could show you. It's I got the graphic when I was studying in neuropsychiatry, the anatomy for addiction. And they showed how addiction, with all these different nuclei around the limbic system, with the hypothalamus as connections to all these, um, amygdala and the hypothalamus, uh, hypothalamus that when you are get involved with addiction, the habenula, peduncular, nucleus tract, that's where I got, I went, oh my God, it's about narcissism. It was all about the habenular, peduncular tract, which you were like, I don't even know what she's talking about. The point of the matter is I finally figured out that the thrill of trying to figure out how to satisfy that person and gain their love is addictive because every once in a while they'll throw you a tidbit of oh my god thank you and you get a squeeze of opiates so you keep doing it and so it goes through the amygdala it goes up the um i can't remember the cingulum to the hypothalamus and then to the cingulate and it goes around and around and around to your whole brain gets entrained and your networks and your brain get hijacked around the substance, which becomes this person's happiness. That when they get angry, you get anxious. So much that your life gets narrowed by it. And you go, but I'm an empath. Maybe. That's true. Or do you have a savant ability? You convince yourself that they're the shiny object and you ain't. So there I am listening to this language tape and I can't hear the goddamn words. <laughs> and I said to myself, after doing it again, again, and again, because I'm aggravated. <laughs> you have got anger, but there's not enough room in a relationship like that for yours. Because you're too busy running around for theirs. So I'm sitting there going, I wonder if I can become one with the word. I want you to think about this because that's what you do. When you feel their feelings, you become one with them. That's what empath is. You become one with them so that you lose your own emotions. I'm going to say that. Have you ever heard the song by Eminem? Lose yourself. And um, it's that song. Not on nine minute island, it's lose yourself in the beat. So someone starts a beat on one side and then their beat goes on the other side of the auditorium until everybody is bouncing with the beat. It's infectious. That's why some good hip hop is very addictive. It's infectious. It's like a virus. It's contagious. Lose yourself in the rhythm. And so if someone near you is angry, it's very hard for you to be happy because you get lost in their emotion and you resonate with it. And you can't be happy. Because now, instead of being resonating with happiness, you're now resonating with the rhythm 
of anger. And believe me, it's a certain neurotransmitter and a certain way that your heart rate goes and a certain way that your viscera goes. It's a very different. The book is called uh, The Feeling of What Happens by Antonio Damasio. The way that your um, body organs work, the way your cells move is very different from fear, different from anger, different from sadness. You notice that they start to slam the door or walk at a certain pace, pace, and you can't walk in the slow pace that you were walking before. You end up walking and talking in a cadence that's very similar to them because you resonate with their emotion. Where you were talking, oh my God, we were having such a great time. And they were like, really? Really? You were having a great time? And you're like, yeah, we were having a great time. And you start to mirror their feelings, talking fast like this. Because you have to, to be in a relationship. You're walking two by two. So I'm listening to these words and I'm saying to myself, I wonder if I can become one with them. And then maybe I'll hear them. The language area in a dyslexic, the angular gyrus doesn't work. In an area that's connected to the um, language, angular gyrus just happens to be super marginal gyrus, the area for mirror neurons. So if you, it's very hard for you to pay attention to what someone's saying because you're really feeling what they're feeling. That means that the area for mirror neurons is hyperdeveloped. I'm going to say that again. As when you go up to someone and they, you say, how are, they, how are you? And they say, fine. And you? What do you sense first? What they said or how they really feeling? There are two areas. There's angular gyrus for reading and Wernicke's for language, what they said. Or there are mirror neurons, supermarginal gyrus, for what you feel they're feeling. What do you go by? Fine and you? or how they really feel. If you're a person who's more left-brain dominant, Asperger's, or narcissistic, you'll say, didn't you see them? We gotta go talk to them. Why? They're fine. <laughs> you're like, they're not fine. We're gonna ask them for dinner. We don't need to ask them for dinner. They're fine. They said they were fine. You're being too sensitive. Didn't you hear them say they were fine? But they're not. They said they were fine. And next thing you know, and they're off. There's an argument. Did I not tell you to do something? I know, but you didn't look like you really wanted it. Because you don't go by the words. You go by the feeling. You go by the feeling. That's why you call it an empath. So someone can tell you something with words but you don't hear the words. You may not be dyslexic like me, but you don't go by words. You go by feelings. So I, instead of listening to the words, guess what I heard? I felt them. The area for body feeling was connected to supermodular gyrus, incidentally. I started to feel the words right here on my chest, to the right, actually to the right, right here. And whenever the words changed, I felt it right here and it went to my neck. And when I repeated it, I, when I needed to repeat it, I could feel it first when it was the correct word in my throat. I never knew the right word, but I could feel when I got the right one, I could feel it first in my throat. So my point is, I never knew what the right word was, but I could feel it in the right side of my chest. Do you know what that's called? That's called synesthesia. When you see a sound or hear a color. Your brain has become, it gets happens with brain injury. It gets rewired with LSD. Some rewiring of your brain. You develop an exaggerated mystical ability, spiritual or intuitive ability, but cognition gets rewired, wires get crossed. So when I hear, when they're saying the words, I feel them on my chest. So for whatever reason, I started playing songs on my iPad and I started hearing all the words and I could feel them. I could, I, could, I could hear the words in my chest, not feel them. I could hear them in my chest. It's the most bizarrest thing. I don't feel them. I hear the words in my chest. I cannot explain it to you. It's not like I'm feeling them like an opera, like, oh my God, that was amazing. No, I hear them in my chest, like a person can see blue. 
or hear see blue or hear red. I'm getting this wrong, but you know what I'm talking about. That's synesthesia. And to, to the point to prove it is I was getting twos, fours, 16s on these tests. All of a sudden, I went to 98 and 100. I got them all right. I called the lady and I said, you have to change my scores. She said, why? I said, you have to put me in the next unit. She said, oh my God, what did you do? I said, I could hear the words. I could hear them in my chest. She said, that doesn't make any sense. And I looked it up. If you get brain injury, you can do that. It's called synesthesia. So my point is you have an exaggerated capacity for intuition because you have an exaggerated capacity to hear someone's feelings in your body. You have synesthesia. All these poor saps who are going to Mexico to take ayahuasca <laughs> to get a spiritual experience, your brains and bodies got rewired by becoming hyper-attuned for good or bad, for ugly, for worse, and richer and poorer, till sickness do we get nauseous. I hope I'm making sense. The thing is, when that happens, it makes the brain messier. The normal brain is much more segregated. Hearing is hearing, language is language. And so it's never normal. So I'm going, I'm here to tell you your relationships will never be normal. When someone is upset, it will be harder for you to be happy. But with mindfulness, with cognitive behavioral therapy, you can learn that when you hear someone upset, you learn to name it, that person's angry. That word is sip and not zip. <laughs> is this sip or zip? I could hear it here. Now that's stupid. Repeat after me. Is it sip or zip? I could feel the right one here. Now that's stupid. That is completely stupid. That's Wernicke's area is for comprehension and Broca's area is connected to the throat. That's bizarro. I could tell you the papers. I got the citations and I sent them there. One lady had a thalamic stroke. Don't ask. So my point is, I can tell you what's unique about you. You need to know what's unique about you, but you need to know the area of genius that's related to this. Don't just go around and say, I'm an empath. I pick up people's feelings. It's not effective. You want to know the byproduct of why you have this so you can profit from it. So you don't just become a narcissist magnet or put up a Statue of Liberty over your house and go, oh, come ye all ye angry <laughs> and suffering masses. You don't want to do that. I've already taken down four of them. Let me tell you, they, you lose them under a good wind. Do you understand? Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. So I want you to tell me an example of your empathy. I don't want you to say, oh, I'm so sensitive. I know you're sensitive. You wouldn't be here. You'd be watching Judge Judy or, I don't know, Lifetime reruns or, I don't know, doing something, 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 as they say in the South. But you certainly, certainly wouldn't be listening to me who has strange sensations. Now, you have to understand, wouldn't it be cooler if it was on the left side of my chest where the heart is? No. No, I feel it on the right side, okay? So, so much for the whole mock cod aspect of this uh, thing, okay? On the right side, go figure. It would have been cool if I said, I feel it over my heart. No, I don't. <laughs> Seriously, I don't. I can't even lie. When I died in the OR and had to be resuscitated in the first 10 minutes, I never even saw a tunnel. Never saw a tunnel, never saw a light. Would you be ripped off? Would you feel ripped off? Actually, no. And it makes sense to be really honest with you because I was so addled 
to recall the memory and talk about it involves the hippocampus and those deep white, those deep structures did not get oxygenated. So if I saw it, I wouldn't remember to tell you. It's like if you got, I hit, got hit by a truck, I don't remember getting hit because you get retrograde amnesia. You think I'm going to get, remember getting bleeding out? Oh, that was the time that they came near the vein and they pulled it with a protractor and everybody started having a breakdown in the OR. No, I don't remember it. <laughs> so no, I don't remember it at all. And you're not going to remember all the events that happened to you to make you who you are. I did a reading last week. This is what convinced me to never do one-hour readings anymore. Because people's lives are more complex. You can't do these readings in an hour anymore. This reading woman calls, and she thinks her problem is a mood disorder. Okay? And an autoimmune problem. Let's just say thyroid. Okay? I'm making, I'm changing the details. But after an hour went by, in two hours, I can't remember how this went. She said she was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. I went, really? But then she said she had a manic episode on an antidepressant. And that doesn't make sense. But then she said she had a neuropsych eval. And she said her family was very abusive. I said, ever hit your head and lose consciousness? Never, never. Don't remember it ever. Can you show me your neuropsych eval? Sure. So she shows it to me. And this is after an hour, three quarters. We're almost down to two hours now. This had been a one hour reading. It would have been a mess. It shows that basically a majority of her frontal lobe was gone. It was gone. She'd had a brain injury. I said, um, and the frontal lobe is the area that helps manage his emotions. Why well, she has emotional fluctuations, which they say she has borderline personalities to reactive mood swings. When really she can't manage her mood swings because she doesn't, she has mood swings of somebody who's brain injured, seriously brain injured. So I went, um, was someone in your family violent? Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? My father. He beat my brother in the head. Really? With just his fist? Oh, no, there were sticks, shovels. Really? Yeah. You ever get hit? Not that I can remember. No, you won't remember. I don't remember the truck. I don't remember the light in the tunnel. You won't remember. Do you understand? And I said, what does the neuropsychologist say about the upshot of why you have problems with your mood? She said, it's trauma. I have complex PTSD. I went, you may, but some of the trauma is physical. You got hit in the head. <laughs> you can't, you've got to, and I told her to go to UCSD, San, University of California, San Diego, Department of Behavioral Neurology, to get evaluated for the treatment and the treatments for brain injury. But you won't remember. But she's a very gifted scientist, if you can believe that. Yes, she had a huge IQ in the other areas of the brain, which underestimates her whole IQ if you give that frontal lobe that just took a siesta when her father hit her. Suffice it to say, you're very porous or sensitive. Things have happened to you. Chances are you might not remember the whole thing. So that's why you're very porous or sensitive, possibly, I can't say, to other people around you. You can't censor it out. You may or may not remember it. It will give you savant abilities. You can't just stop and say, I'm an empath. You're not going to say, I have complex PTSD. It's just a label. And I asked her, I said, does the label help you? Yes, it does. I said, how does it help? Because it makes me realize the way who I am, the way I am. I went, <laughs> doesn't kind of capture the whole reason, but that's okay. 
in the process approach to neuropsychology, one of the reasons why we find out how we're wired so we can more effectively function with the gifts that we have. Don't stop with, I'm okay, but you're not okay. I'm okay, but you're not okay. But I'm going to learn how to use the unique brain I have so I can learn how to be okay when you're not. And I'm going to find out what's unique about my brain that makes it harder for me to be, difficult for me to be not okay when you're not okay, so I can capitalize on that porousness, intuition, and sensitivity to be brilliant. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and we've been talking about I'm okay, but you're not okay. This is Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa, podcast on Mind Body Network. If you want to subscribe to this show because you can't listen to it live, get the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. But remember, this forum is educational only and not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Okay, who has a question? I needed to get all of that in. Sure, I do. Raise your hand. What's your name? Angie. Where are you? Um, I'm the gray picture. Gray and black picture, static. Are you the one with the hair that's got a swoosh? Yes, in the water, yep. You've been here before. You've always got that hair in a swoosh. You look like you're in the pool. Or you yeah. look like a mer River. woman. A mer woman. You're a mer woman. Yeah. Yeah. How can I be of help? Well, I I have had many head injuries, but even besides that, um, I was just born with hypersensitive intuition, knowing things, seeing things, being able to um, um, tell others whether they wanted to know it or not. Okay, what first of all, that? wait a minute. Stop, 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 stop. And wait I had a, a business hold on, wait a minute. for a while. Hold on Oops. one second. Hold on a second. Telling people whether they knew they wanted it to know it or not. Learn, learn that lesson. Learn that lesson. Okay, yep. so you learned it. Very good. Learn that. So how many trials that. does it take you to learn that? How long? Oh, that was probably a good 30 years until I went okay, to- so that, Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. So that okay. indicates- that you're not a first trial learner, a second trial learner, a third trial learner. Right. You have trouble um, hippocampal learning. You have trouble with verbal learning. So somebody tells you something and they say, no, no, you don't pick it up verbal cues. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. That so this is important. This is important. A bit Asperger's, but not really. No, no, you forget what the forget the labels. Okay, okay, that's not helpful. Okay. I said you don't get verbal cues. Yes. Then you went from that to I'm a um, Maserati. You don't know what you are right now. Okay. No. All you know is that lady's laughing. We're laughing with you. She's laughing at my. No, I agree. I agree because okay. so I don't, don't know, know where you I don't fit. Understand? You don't understand the verbal cue. Because actually, Asperger's people, depending on what degree, understand the single elements of language. The rain in Spain falls mainly on the plains, but they don't understand the right hemisphere aspects of language, the prosody. Like, for example, you say, um, by the way, um, Whatever you just said, um, I'm not aware of that as being true. Okay? Someone yes. says that to you. And um, that's a nuance. In oh. certain circumstances, okay, that's nuance. Yes. That's subtle. But if someone says it with a tone, paraverbal, right hemisphere, you know, what you just said, See how the tonality? That's right brain. Yeah. And people with Asperger's don't have very good prosody, understanding tonality. They won't pick that subtlety. 
So someone says, you know, I'm not aware that that's true. <sighs> they will understand the individual words, but they won't understand the tonality. But there's more. Some people will give a facial expression. I'm not aware that that's true, but they'll have an angry face. Their face will be taut. Yeah. Their eyes will be wide. And even if the words are saying <coughs> that's true, gesundheit or coughing or whatever you're doing, but their face is going, do that again. I'll rip out yeah. your lungs. I, I've had that a couple of times. Your face okay. is saying okay. more than, yeah. Okay. Then, then. If you're not getting, you're getting the words, literally, but you're not getting the facial expression, then you're missing the cue. Okay. So whatever it is, you have to tease out the variables of why, because you're saying, I'm very intuitively porous or sensitive and I'm Asperger's. And those two things not alone don't make sense. Okay. And yeah, it's not to say I, that people who are Asperger's aren't intuitive, but in a different way. Yeah. So they have trouble with filterability and sensitivity, meaning that the boundary in their right brain, they have trouble with divided emotional attention. They can't, they can't like walk and chew gum, be aware of somebody else's feelings or theirs, be aware of a sensation on their skin and something else. They can't filter it. Okay. Does you understand what I'm saying? I do understand what you're saying. So you became a chiropractor, did you tell me? No, um, I became, um, or I still am. Um, uh, I don't have my business right now because of certain things going on. But yeah, I hung my shingle up to uh, be a um, psychic medium. And it- Okay, it wait, 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 wait a minute. This is complicated. Do you see why what you just did? Because you told me for 30 years, you were born with a unique brain, an exceptional yes. brain. Yes. But unless, not you, but unless someone outside of you helps you learn how it's wired, You could pick up signals. Yes. Wait a minute. <laughs> do you sense that I'm really trying to help you? I do, and I'm anxious because I know nope. I'm nope. chomping at the bit. I know you can chomp, but that says you can't listen and learn at the same time. You can't speak and listen at the same time. You're chomping at the bit because you want to say something. And I'm trying to explain something to you. It's really important. You were I'm going to go back because you didn't hear it. You didn't hear it like you might have eaten the ice cream, but you didn't eat it and savor it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say it. Again, instant replay. You may pick up other people's feelings in your right brain, mm -hmm. but you can't balance them with yours simultaneously. Bring both of those to your left brain and figure out how to name them, respond effectively, and release them. The major one would be respond effectively. Saying something to the right person at the right time with the right amount of intensity. Notice right. in the entire notice in the entire time that I've been talking with you, I've changed my tone, my volume, my intensity, and my facial expression. And I did it all moment by moment. Mirror neuron by mirror neuron, trying to volley by listening to whether it was pinging with you. 
because before it wasn't. Correct. And so it barely is now. Oh, I thought I was doing very well. No, no. Did I say you failed? No, but I would rather. Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I was going to go back. Let me just say it's the best thing for you to do. To best use all of your skills. To learn how to use your unique brain and genius. To be able to get the instructional booklet in your glove compartment. Yes, where is that? Is to get a board certified. There you go. I got it. I got in. I got in. I got in. Yes. Is get a board certified neurological assessment from a neuropsychologist at a major teaching hospital. That's a very specific thing. Okay. What state do you live in? Uh, Wisconsin. Mayo. Oh, that's Rochester. Hey, listen, I traveled from Maine all the way to Rochester. Do you know what that was like for me alone with an obstructed bowel? I was about to say, but you... I was about to say Mayo, Mayo, Case Western Reserve, Cleveland Clinic, that whole area in the middle there. But you need a board-certified neuropsychologist to find out how your right brain, auditory comprehension, frontal executive function works. And then... They will give you remediation to help you because it matters not how intuitive you are. Because I am super intuitive. You only have half. You only have half. See how I'm doing it? I'm interrupting. I I am purpose. Because you only have half the mirror. Yes, I was just going to stop myself and say, I realized what you were doing. But I was doing it on purpose. Yeah. Because it's like talking to someone on a cell phone. Exactly. Neuron neurons, it's a dance. And that's what the show is about. I'm okay, but you're not okay. Intuition is between two people. But if you say you have Asperger's, they have trouble with divided emotional attention, relatedness. And so, so that function of intuition for you is a one-way thing. Right. But mirror is a two-way mechanism. Okay. Do you get it? I do. So is that something I call up my GP and say, I want to speak to somebody at Mayo about a specialized neural or do I just go there or do I call there? Or? Um, how far did you go in school? Um, I barely made it through um, an associate's degree. However, I found out later that I had severe ADHD and had okay, I been- No, no, you're not. Attention to the woman over there is having a stroke. Her hands up. Listen, and you found out you had severe ADHD. How? Um, because I had gone to actually, I saw something on the Today Show, and I heard a voice inside my head say, "That oh, is good. That's money. great." Can I tell you something? Because I read in the we used to get this gum when I was growing up. It was bazooka gum. And when mm-hmm. you opened it up, there would be a wrapper inside. And sometimes I gave you a fortune. Are you crazy? <laughs> I know. I know. And Listen I went to, to me. Get, no, no. You have it. a closed circuit. You get information inside of you. How do you know? <clears throat> we have a right brain and we have a left brain. Each yes. one does something functional. And then people have atypia. The thing is, you get information from the inside. You get information from the outside. You get it from the divine. How do you know? If the answer is accurate, I have two pens when I do readings. I have the fountain pen, blue, black, you got the green, and then I got the red one. 
So when I say, can you please tell me your health concerns? I change the pen and I put it to red on purpose because I circle the hits. And when I don't understand how it fits for today, I got the guy's neck was a problem and his left leg and hip was a problem. And we never really got to that. It was a two hour reading because he had a problem somewhere else, which I don't want to get into. But then when I opened up my email, he emailed me yesterday and he says, oh, by the way, I had a hard, bad fall on the ice. And I heard the left, I hurt the left side of my neck and my left flank and back. He just happens to be a chiropractor. I don't know <laughs> if I should join. <laughs> I don't know if I should do the reading or not, because I don't know if I'll be good enough or not. But um, I'm just letting you know if I don't call you. And yesterday was a bad day, so I didn't do my emails. And I went, I kept saying in the reading, so we'll get back to that neck in a second. We'll get back to that neck and back in a second. We never really did until I got to the email and I went, son of a gun. My point <laughs> is, is this. I would have circled that with red if I knew it was a hit, but I didn't know where it fits. So it didn't get a red pen or a green pen. It just, we don't know if it fits. You don't know what it is. You don't know what you have because you don't know if the voice is wishing, wanting. You don't know what that is. And by the way, incidentally, there's lots of, there's a whole network of attention. There's left frontal, okay, area six and eight, the frontal eye feels it helps you turn your head, okay, the mm -hmm. so-called part of frontal executive function that is, the lady's going, oh my God, you get it, yeah, you too can get this for $275,000 in student loans, but I went to psychiatry because I did it because I could sit down because my spine fell apart. But suffice it to say, so are the days of our lives. My point is, that's the part of your brain that attention goes away if you have a traumatic brain injury. You can't pay attention because you have problems with filterability. And that's pretty much the problem with paying attention. If you're excessively empathic because you're disinhibited, you can't filter away other people's pain. Capiche? Your head is turned to that shiny object. That person, that person's pain. That's self-centered, selfish individuals' problems. That's why you can't be okay if they're not okay. Didn't think I'd get around to the point of the show, did you? That's one form of inattention. That's frontal executive. Or there's another. There's right hemisphere. Divided emotional attention between you, you and someone else's. Interpersonal and extrapersonal. You could be very disturbed about your marriage. You could be disturbed about your child who's doing drugs. Go gang. So you're going to have a hard time focusing on your work as an accountant. Is that mean you have ADHD? Or you could have terrible turmoil at home where your parents are beating the crap out of each other. So when you go to school, you're not paying attention. Does that mean you have ADHD? Or if you have 20 years of that, do you get diagnosed with ADHD? No. You have hippocampal atrophy, I'm sorry, due to PTSD. You can have problems with focusing and paying attention due to PTSD. That's not ADD, it's PTSD or M-O-U-S-E. We have lots of initials. So the sure. point of the right. Or you can have a right hemisphere problem with a posterior parietal lobe, which is dominant for attention. And people with Asperger's have a problem with attention and they're often ridiculously given another diagnosis of a DDD when it's stupid, an attentional symptom is part of Asperger's because it's part of the anatomy of it. It's a right hemisphere syndrome. Mm -hmm. And so is frontal executive function. So we don't know what you have until you go to a, wait for it, neuropsychologist. <laughs> okay. Do you get it? You don't listen to the Today Show. I do. I understand it. I, listen I know. I listen to the Today Show. I love the Today Show. I love the Today Show. Al Roker. I bow to you. <laughs> you get it? Don't do that. But my point is, you have to do that. Because unfortunately, people will misinterpret what you have to say. And it will influence you. And then you can better learn to utilize your brain because they will help you. They will give you the guidebook. They will give you a remediation. Do you get it? Right. Yeah. There. Yeah, I do. Understand I it. can tell by my voice because now you can hear. Right. Now I'm just mad. I was hoping you're going to say, yeah, I what? agree. You are now, incredibly intuitive. Now you have auditory attention, but you had trouble paying attention 
because you wanted to say something. You wanted to impress upon me how intuitive you were. But everybody on the screen, June St. Clair, Francis Rooney, everybody here is intuitive. That's the problem. <laughs> Got it. Okay. I hope I have better some help. You people yes, are wonderful. Thank you. I love you people. You have a great week. Be great. Be wonderful. Be brilliant. And I will see you next week. Have a great week. Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.